James, I went to Secret Cinema last night. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. what did you see? Have you ever done it? I've never done it. Right. I've heard so many great things. This is my third Secret Cinema. Okay. I've also got tickets for a fourth. I love it. Nice. It's great fun. And I really want you to come. Next I'd love time to, we go. yeah. Okay. Right, you, we'll, are you we'll dressing up? Oh, hold on. Oh, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, for those who don't know, Secret Cinema is this kind of. Is it uh, UK only? No, I think they've done some in the US. Yeah. Uh, it's this kind of. It's a cross between, like, an immer- it's an immersive experience, uh, a live event. It's like a little bit of a festival. It's a cinema and it's a bit of live theatre as well. Like all mixed in. That's what, that's what the experience kind of encapsulates. Mm. But obviously they just sell it as an immersive experience. So what it is, they, they, they say, okay, so the film we saw yesterday was Dirty Dancing. Can I, oh, can I just say, by the way, I, I booked this two and a half years ago. Okay. <laughs> we went to the Blade Runner one in 2018. Fantastic. Yeah. We went to the Stranger Things one in 2019. Great fun. Oh, nice. After the Stranger Things one, we said, oh, they're doing Dirty Dancing in the summer. That'd be fun because we've only been going in like the winter time. <laughs> like February Outside. 2020. <laughs> yeah, we booked it. We're like, that'd be great. And I just thought, wouldn't be... What would I would have thought if someone came through and just said, you're, you're actually not going to go to that this year. Oh, no, no, no. no and not even next Give year. Give you no context. It's two and a half that years That ticket now, you bought, yeah. you won't be able to go for two and a half years. So, so yeah, the Blade Runner one was great and the Strange Things. And now yesterday was um, Dirty Dancing. And how it works, is that, so they say, that's the film. Um, and you get emailed. Everything is in character. You get emailed about the... Have you seen Dirty Dancing? No, this was on, oh, was on my right, list. Oh, right. Okay, Dirty Dancing is a good film. Um, and you know it's like oh you're going to the Kellerman's resort choose your family you choose your family you dress up you choose your outfit and you arrive and you get sent to the location maybe uh, you know a week ahead of time but it's very very secret and, and one thing that makes it secret cinema is you're not allowed to take your phones in right okay so, yeah. you, so you're queuing in everyone's in their, their dress up and you see the thing and they put your phone in a lockable little bag and you can't get it out and they, they, only they can with the, with the magnets right oh so you actually keep the bag you keep the bag with the phone but you can't get it out right that yeah. only they can which yeah. is, which is uh, uh, amazing and then you go through into this nice. whole new world and everyone's dressed up and you know, bits of the film are being acted out and people are running up to you and you've got to go to, to be involved in like secret little breakaway stages like and, things. and stuff, isn't there? And it's great fun. But if, or you don't have to engage with that if you don't want to. You can go off and get some food. And that also means that people aren't constantly filming it and documenting it on social yes, media, uh, which uh, makes uh, it a completely like also, secret experience. People, I've realised that people are just nicer without phones because... because Everyone's looking up. Yeah, everyone's engaged more. I've, I've had so many fun experiences with strangers in... At secret cinema yeah. because they're just around and you're not and you're just not you know you're not preoccupied with something else um and also phones would just shatter the illusion because it just means immediate so this is you know dirty dancing set mm. 1963 and obviously Blade i bet if you saw a clip of it on tiktok it wouldn't be quite as good as being there yes and you might go oh that's secret so cinema versus it is a really there. really special specific experience and this this is not an ad or anything i'm getting to t- i'm getting, getting to <laughs> yeah. an anecdote which i'm going to tell secret you, cinema, if you um yeah absolutely movies. but but i mean when i went to the blade runner one i found that i'd seen blade runner like four times we've seen it a lot yeah. of times and i thought what else could i really get out of blade runner right and then you go and it's like three hours of just hanging out being being part of the world giving things to do and then eventually you come and sit down and watch the film and like i said everyone's in character even like people who are like 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 on, working on the bar they're all in character they're all part of it right and then when you sit they're down and watch it <laughs> anyway so we were with the blade runner and we sat down and watched it and then people act out scenes from it in, in, in perfect synchronization with what's on screen mm. and they're the same people you've seen walking around in the in the, in the world and there's something about being in that zone in that like heightened like blade runner state that i got that was the best viewing of blade runner i've ever had oh, I got so much more out of it Anyway, I digress. Of interest. Which version did they show? Director's cut. They showed. No, they showed the one with him getting in the elevator at the end. It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? It's directors. That's directors. I think. Okay, yeah, that's probably the one that you're meant to show. Directors you? or final? No, they showed the oh, one with the unicorn. They showed the one with the unicorn dream. So it's final. Final. 
Yeah. When so. did Final come out? It's the one that we should all know, which is the unicorn. Yeah. And and the inf- and the, the, him on the piano. It's all meshed in now. I've not seen it in so long. It's not the original theatrical. No one watches that anymore. I don't think anyone that's like been disregarded. There's a fly in here. <laughs> Flies everywhere. Okay. Anyway, I digress. I went to Secret Cinema. Went to see straight um uh, Dirty Dancing. For the record, I do quite like Dirty Dancing. I've mm. only seen it once, and people knew this film. Okay. People were like quoting all the lines, dancing along. And I was like, I need to properly rewatch this. Because I also bumped into someone I actually knew who was working there. Oh, and right. they knew me as a friend. And they were like, I have to keep speaking in this American accent, but it's really nice to see you. <laughs> um, so I found out some great facts about Dirty Dancing, by the way, which is like when they're doing the scene in the lake, that was filmed in October. So they were actually freezing. Um, lots of interesting stuff like that. Anyway, anyway, Secret said, Mark, go check it out. It's great fun. But I wanted to tell you, yes. not only because it's a film thing, but because when I was going through with my phone and then putting my phones in the case and stuff, like I said, everyone's in character. This guy says, yep, give me your phone, put it in there. Thanks very much. Yeah. I seen you someplace. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I look at him and I, I've got, I've got a thing with faces. I know, I know faces. I, don't, I may not remember people's names. Like, like, you don't know yeah, me. So I looked at him straight around. I was like, I, I've never met this man in my life. Uh, but I didn't want to presume, James. I did not want to presume. I love that you waited to tell me on the show. Uh, I don't know. I, was, I didn't want to presume. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah. Do I was like, know. where do you? Uh, where? And also I find it really hard not to talk to them in an American accent. Like, like get, be part of like, the theater uh, right, of it. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah, where, where do you know me from? And he was like, I seen you. I seen you talk about those movies. I think. Oh I think I seen God. you talk about movies because he has to, he has to keep in character. Oh, that's great. I, I, it was so funny that he didn't go like, I think I've seen you on TikTok. Yeah. But he was like, Yeah, I seen you talking about the movies. And I went about the old pictures. Yeah, huh? And I said, I said, Yeah, I've got a show on the wireless. I got a show <laughs> on the wireless that I do occasionally. And he's like, Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Anyway, oh, with so, uh, with your girlfriend there next year. Yeah, she, she did. See it. Yeah. She loved it. Uh, and she was like, Oh, actually, maybe I'll stick around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy has has something to you. Um, oh, as always. Please come and yeah, say hi if you do recognize nice. us. It yeah, really uh, it was, it was, so it was cool. very special. So that was like, ding, nice evening now. Anyway, love that. That it. was the nice Pulp Kitchen, TikTok slash Pulp Kitchen. Go check it out. <laughs> Pulp Kitchen podcast. <laughs> and Secret Cinema. Anyway, I wanted to tell you, uh, I feel like this is prime James and George chat because. Okay. Um, I rewatched Whiplash. Oh, one of our early, I feel like one of the first films we connected on. Yeah, it was that year. It was that year. Sure. Yeah. We've seen that in like January 2015. So, yeah. Um, Fantastic. I mean, look, that's probably the fourth time I've seen it. Is it still good? Does the ending still, yeah. I I just, I hope no one's saying, oh, it's uh, contrived or it's cheesy or anything like that. The whole thing is, is like, you you feel like the whole thing has been like, wound up and then let let off like a spring yes. but i like how mechanical is not the right word but i like how engineered everything is like yeah it's all about the story and the effect and the effect of, of making you feel wound up and tense and, yeah. and 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 building towards this climax i love that i think people are a bit churlish when they're like mm, it's a bit silly with the, it's not very believable no. i'm like it doesn't matter because Ch- chazelle keeps such a tight focus on the what matters. Story, or what matters. If you look at the way that film is edited and the way it's shot and everything, it's not about the exterior stuff. Don't stop to think about the the wider thing. It's not about that. It's about this one specific journey. There's one specific two characters, feeling. their interactions, and like when to go close up and you know oh. everything. It, it, and that final sequence is as tense as any action scene is. Yeah. Right? Also, You're on the edge of your seat like you would be. And also, 
I think it's churlish as well because that film is so like richly detailed. There are so many layers to it. That's what I picked out on this my fourth time watching it. Mm. I was like, oh, it's not just that like this is like a fun action film to watch. It's not just some, the spectacle of it. There yeah. are actual layers that you can dig into. Like one of my favorite bits early on is where isn't that like the opening ten minutes where he goes to this? He's finished drumming. Fletcher's come and seen him, and then he goes and he goes to the cinema with his dad. You know, his dad he puts the chocolate in his in his popcorn. How many times have you seen it? Two, two or three times, okay. maybe. And then they're sat at the cinema and then this guy walks behind them in the row behind them and he smacks the dad with his bucket of popcorn just like really rudely. And the dad goes, oh, sorry. And Mars Teller sort of like looks at the guy, looks back at his dad. You can tell he's thinking, why did you apologize for that? Yeah. You kind of like, you, you, can, you weak man. Mm. And I'm like, that sets up scene. so much. Really, it's almost like the most important scene because it makes you understand so much about his own identity. He's this coming of age. How he's formulating his idea yeah. of what it means you know, to, yeah. His mum left his dad and it's all about masculinity and being emasculated yeah. and then he creates this figure in, t- in Fletcher and what I think is interesting about his relationship with Fletcher J.K. Simmons' character you know the teacher it's like it's almost like a, a romance you have these two figures I know there's no I'm not saying there's no, no, any I, I, I see yeah. what you mean yeah. but like you have these two characters who like they both kind of want the same thing but they're at, each, at odds trying to achieve it yeah. and um I like the fact that by the end, in a way that like defeating the villain is is you defeat the villain by giving the villain the very thing that, that he wants. It's really weird. Yes. It's a very unique dynamic. Seeking that affirmation that yeah. you, you've you've done because you did it on yourself on the journey that you got, but he was like a parallel yeah. line. And it always will be a parallel line. Like, yeah. They won't intersect, but it's like you just existed near each other while something amazing happened. Yeah, and the way that like he's 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 liberating Neiman, but also like suffocating him and just there's just and, and at the moment when it's right at the end like fletcher was ready and knew exactly what to do at that yeah. time but it didn't make fletcher's behavior acceptable no, not at all. or excusable but at the same time you know when he has that conversation with his girlfriend or the girl he's seeing and he sort of breaks up with her and says look i really need to focus on yeah this is like the most important thing to i don't know what he says but he basically it's like oh, yeah, like, i want have time for you and you're the start to resent me that's quite and... interesting is that outside of like the central core music scenes between fletcher and uh miles teller is that um all the other scenes kind of just act as these little accents to pepper yeah, little, everything little that vignettes. happens. Yeah, they're actually, it's quite a minimal breakaway. film. It's very minimal. Mm. It's, it's fairly, uh, it's got very sort of tunnel vision toward its end and these yeah. other things kind of happen that give you a sense of what, how that's you know affecting it him. It's an incredibly lean film. Yes, I think it's lean. lean. That's the way, there's yes. There's no fat on it. No. You, there's no scene in that that is, isn't relevant. Everything is build a building block to, to the end. And that's why you can tell it's got the, this debut energy because mm. Giselle isn't coming in and he doesn't have the time or the ego to indulge a, a, a side thing over here or there. He doesn't fall into that trap. Yeah. He is just focused by getting to the end. And that's why I like how lean and tight it is. It's lean and tight as J.K. Simmons is with the bald head and the tight black yes. fitting things and muscular and sinewy. It, it's it's And, and, it, and in his rehearsal room is, is cramped and the lighting is is contrasty and almost mm. spotlit where you like, that, that yeah. person and that teacher is the only person in the room. Everything else yes. like fades into blurry background right because that way formally it is as precise as fletcher is trying to make neiman yeah isn't it the film has no time to waste on other things and like you say yeah with the girlfriend that's really minimal and perfect you know i've heard some people say in the past oh that wasn't really fleshed out like it's not meant to be fleshed out you get all you need to know about 
from those scenes about this story because yeah. we're not telling that story it's just about how that informs this you know right before the final performance and Fletcher comes out and he's wearing a suit and he addresses like ladies and gentlemen these are some of the finest jazz musicians in New York which yeah. means they're from some of the finest jazz musicians in the world and he's really charming and you would never know that that's what he's like I had a teacher at school yes, who was like this yeah. and like it was the first time I'd seen someone who could be so charming and on one side of who they are mm -hmm. and then in the classroom every almost every single lesson would scream shout like his his way of manipulating attention and getting power yeah. was to be like so yeah. crazily like and he, and he would ridicule people and like like not not if someone didn't know something he wouldn't stop and go here's how to explain it he would like like put pressure on mm. them to the point where you'd be so embarrassed that you didn't know that you would be so upset that you would make sure you knew it for the next times so he would never hold that spotlight on you again yeah. it's interesting you talk about like him being ready to you know be parallel and, and they, they achieve this thing together mm. I almost think that someone who indulges in that level of rage or you know putting someone on a spotlight almost is doing it for themselves because if you're mm. if you're getting to that level of anger and vitriol every day that's something within you that needs to be done to, to, say, to do what sadistic. you do yes it's he's yeah getting, it's he's getting a complete thrill and pleasure out of doing so like it, he yeah. gets the thrill out of doing out of humiliating someone yeah. miles teller maybe is someone that needs that pressure to achieve something yeah. that's great and it's yeah it's truly special yeah, it's a real like fiery crucible i also love the scene where it, it, like the juxtaposition between scenes. So, so for, what I mean by that is, he has that bit at the beginning where he's already played for Fletcher, and Fletcher's seen him. But Fletcher comes into the rehearsal room in the morning where he's in like the, the second band, mm. and he like goes to the whole band, and he gets the drums, he gets both of them to play, and then as he's leaving, he goes drums with me. And the first drummer gets up, and he goes, no, 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 all the drums. Yeah, and like Neiman goes through right, and he's so right, manipulative. Like, Six a.m. tomorrow, be there. Good to have you. And Neiman's pumped up. And the next scene we see is him back at the cinema. And he goes and asks the girl out behind the counter. We'd, we'd already seen a brief interaction with her before that mm. moment where he wanted to, but he didn't do it. And it's, it's interesting, like, immediately they've equated, like, his idea of success is directly linked with his, like, um, sex drive and, yeah. and, and his ego. Like, there's just so many, like, layers there about what... About masculinity, really. Yeah. I mean, look... There have been essays and essays and video essays all about whiplash and taking it apart. But that's what I love. When I watch, I'm just like, oh, you can really sink your teeth into it's this. It's rich. It's rich with every... Uh, you can just pull so much from mm. it. Um, but, that's, but that's why I think actually just talking to you, I've realized that it's it's so lean. It serves mm. only to tell its story and its message and get it. It, it doesn't have time to maybe... But, you know, there are deeper themes, but it, it just, else. it's focused on that. And that's what I like. I love a, a debut that crackles with energy oh, yeah. before, the, before a filmmaker kind of sets into a rhythm. It's, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I could watch I it. Again, I want to rewatch it. And that's what, sorry, that's a credit to the way it's edited. As well. Because it's so quick and cut and so brilliantly put together, you can watch that over and over again. It's like yeah. a quick cut from like. Because you know what happens. It doesn't mean it's not rewarding no, 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 no. to watch it. It has like, yeah. a, it, it enriches you to rediscover that, that, that whole story. I say this about The Wolf of Wall Street as well. That's a three hour film. But yeah. Because of the way it's cut so quickly, Re -watchable. so brilliantly, it's so watchable. And you, I'm always, every time I watch The Wolf of Wall Street, I'm like, well, I'm an hour and 45 minutes in. Yeah. And the ration to the camera, which serves the, mm. th that film, it makes sense for that film to do that. And like the opening where he's like, I take two quaaludes to stay up. Yeah, yeah, I take yeah. cocaine to bring myself. Uh, down, not cocaine. Oh, yeah, yeah, wrong medicine. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I, I, I consume enough drugs to keep the entire state of Long Island sedated or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 
brilliant. And um, but yeah, just then Damien Giselle, you know, La Land we discussed a bit, which we kind of like. But did you like um, First Man? Loved. First I really Man. liked First Man, I, well, and no one talks about <laughs> it. I, I I agree. I think Whiplash was great. It was it was a lot of uh, hype. Yeah, little bit. So Whiplash was great. La Land's got a lot of hype with those games, but then yeah. Yeah, First Man kind of Came just fell away. And I think it was like, do you know what it is? I think people looked at First Man and thought it was a different film. I thought they were going. I know what you mean. Thought, oh, it's about the moon landing. It's going to be quite stately boring kind of uh biopic yeah uh, historical period piece dry what it actually biopic. is is like really tense really well shot this kind of clinical it's handheld film stock and very yeah, complex i was yeah. really hooked yeah and and and, the, and like even the moon sequence where it did actually go was amazing that's like the one of the best real uh perfectly yeah. like realized versions of what it would be like to land yeah, on the moon, like land really, on the moon. <laughs> yeah uh, they make it they? Um, and, there's, <laughs> um, and I love the whole deeper theme in First Man about like he's grieving and 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 it's really hard. You got Ryan Gosling, who's an, you know very popular actor, yeah. people love. He has to play it so restrained. I actually think it's might be Ryan Gosling's best performance. I I know what you mean. Yeah. And yeah. Claire Foy has a very small role in there, but she does so much. She's so it. good. Yeah. First Man, I really yeah I stand up for that. And then he went off. He hasn't made a film since then. He made the Eddie, which was a a series about jazz. On, Wait, on First Netflix. Man wasn't his last film. Last First Man wasn't his last film, was it? I think it was Giselle's. He hasn't made a. They named Giselle's film since First Man. Yeah, you're right. He made The Eddie, which was this series on Netflix, but I don't think. He's he's probably probably got something coming out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, good stuff. Very good. So, George, a few weeks ago, I went to go see Men in the cinema. I reviewed it and I really enjoyed it. And I felt like. I had to just stop because there were things I really wanted to talk about in relation to its ending and I was keen for you to mm. see it because I just think it's uh, it's a lot to process. So yeah. I want to hear what you think, but this is going to be a spoiler review of Men. So if you haven't seen Men, please don't watch this because we're going to talk about the plot in detail, the ending, which I just really need, yes. to, I really need to process that ending. So um, this is a spoiler warning for Men. Uh, please just go see it if you haven't already. It's a very interesting film. But George, uh, what were your impressions of Men? And this is directed by Alex Garland, and um, it's a uh, film. I'm just going to give a pr- yeah, quick yeah, yeah. brief intro because people might not remember. Uh, this girl who, uh, this woman who basically loses her boyfriend to suicide. No, her husband. Sorry, her husband to suicide and decides to go on a country retreat. She rents this sort of too good to be true country house, and it's very isolating. And she basically is stalked by this character called the Green Man, who's this almost like naturalistic bush man who, yeah. who chases her. And all the men that are in this small uh, country village are all played by. By one person, Rory Kinnear, and they seem to all kind of represent yeah. different elements of patriarchy, masculinity, yeah. and it's about grief and loss and, yes, and, being George, and, and being haunted. George, what did you think of Men? I thought it was deeply haunting, yeah. deeply unsettling, <laughs> and one of the most right? uh, yeah terrifying and unnerving experiences I've had since I saw Hereditary. I think. Yeah. Actually. I don't watch a lot of horror films, um, but I like to when I can, and. This really got me. I was slumped down in my seat at one point with my T-shirt, like on the bridge of my nose, ready to cover my eyes. And I briefed you saying it was really you, scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I went in thinking it will have horror elements. So I didn't think it would be, this is a yes. scary film. I didn't think it would have such a hold on me um, in, in the way that it did. Alex Garland isn't a horror director. He's done science fiction before. And I thought it would, as you say, horror elements and freaky elements. Mm. I didn't expect it to be so. I mean, I watched it with my flatmate. And when we, went to, when we went to see it and um, like the tunnel scene that you described yes. so brilliantly, when you described it to me, I was scared. It, it felt, it, it, it had me hooked. Yeah. But when we watched it together- It's in the trailer. Um, is it actually, oh, I didn't watch it. It's part of the trailer. That's why I um, felt like I could say it to my you. My flatmate yeah. went, because it's a fantastic long shot when she's in the tunnel and you've got that, ha, 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 
beautiful and it's right 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 at the periphery of your vision at mm. the end of this tunnel you just see something move and then you see this man and my rat mate like, next, next to me literally went oh <laughs> and then you hear this ah, ah, running after you anyway the way you described that scene was perfect and the whole film was just deeply uncomfortable and deeply un- the, the church imagery and the light there are so many on yeah, faces there and- are so many images in that film just on their own that are very haunting mm. there's this marilyn monroe mask that is mixed with a crow and there's this bit where there's this vicar sat outside a church and through the cross it, there's a crucifix behind him a giant cross but it's on its side yeah so it's awful ill omen you've got these flashbacks to this argument that she had with her husband just before he died which is in this sort of rain soaked but also like orange amber glit sunset time in, in yeah. london and the, you know, what I loved about it is it's so English. So English. It is so English. And, you know, we, we've, had, yeah, we've had a lot of, you know, international listeners uh, write have, in. Yeah. And, and um, we talked before about the Inbetweeners, remember? We were like, I wonder yeah. how that relates to in an international audience. And I think the same with this, because the whole time I was thinking, I know places like this. I've, yes. I've been to places like this. So and relatable. I've met people like this. When she first meets Rory Kinnear's first character, Godfrey, Godfrey and yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, hello, how are you doing? In his barber jacket. Sort of in awkward his, dad jokes. Yeah his, yeah, his barber jacket, his cherry red uh, cable knit jumper, his his yellow mustard baggy sort of chinos. Goofy nose and yeah, teeth. Yeah, his sort of outdoorsy, veiny nose. And his goofy, his goofy, his, how are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I know that. And and, and the houses and the, and the places. I've been mm. to country houses like that. I, I, those kitchens with the, and the mugs. I was like, this is so funny I, I i know it's and even when she goes into the pub later i mean all the men obviously are played by rory kinnear but they're distinguished basically by their haircuts but yeah. what makes them different and the barman with his bushy crappy beard and these two sort of like rough looking guys with one's got like a mohawk mullet um highlighted neck chain, neck chain. this other guy's got like uh you know, a cut on his, on his side of his face and this sort of side parting and i was like i know all these men I, I've met all these men. I've, I've, I know exactly what kind of characters these guys are. Um, and as a result, as well of being this sort of Englishness, the way it draws on like English folkism and folktale and fairy tale, invoking that's so great. Obviously, she wanders into the woods down this... down this. And, it, um, and it's, isn't it amazing how it... Until that tunnel scene happens, everything that's beautiful, um, beautiful and sort of like yeah. cathartic about the countryside is there and it's a breath of fresh air. It's yeah. escape from the city. It's pastoral. It's yeah. green. It's lush. It's the sound of the water. Yeah. And as soon as that moment happens, then it's like, here's why the countryside is also horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You're alone. Yeah. There's nature. You're confronting yes. trying to get away from nature. The, the, the roads are dark. You know that feeling when you're walking home late at night? It's especially if you've ever been in a country road where there is no lighting and you start walking and you're just looking behind you and all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to run home. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to run home because yeah. I just do not like this. I do not want to be sitting on this road any longer. Yeah, but go on. Well, the thing about folktale and fairy tales as well is that um, with the costume design, for, for most of the film, um, uh, Jesse Buckley plays... Uh, you okay? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. For most of the fi- with the costume design, for most of the film, Jesse Buckley is wearing this sort of dress that's modern but actually looks kind of um, very historical, very kind of um, uh, damsel in distress. It's kind of um, got a satin kind of cover, slightly shoulder paddy. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. kind of modern twist on a, a kind of old folktale uh, dress. And, um, you know, I, I like the fact that, the you know, the Rory Kinnear face that is, mm. is, is on all the men in the village. I like the fact that that's not mentioned, that Jesse Buckley never says... 
all you people look there's not no. there's never a moment where Jesse Buckley looks at these people and go you all look the same and that I is think, that is genius because that makes it much more uncomfortable for you as an audience member yeah and it, I think I think it's meant to be it's not a point for her character it's a point for but, the audience yes, yeah and which I think is what I, look, here's the, like overall I I got the metaphor of men what? and and and, and I, just because I understand it doesn't mean it's not complex and interesting I don't think it has to be it needed to be more subtle than than what it was mm. why what's your thought no it's just that I think that it's we. Say, it's not subtle. I think it's more that like you say you got the point of it. I think I got the point of it to a point. Yeah. And I think then it becomes so obscure in it, in its message that it's a shame that for a film that's so obvious and blunt with its title, it's called Men. Yes. Invite, that, that, it's a lot like, of... that it's like landing punch isn't a bit more like incisive and to the point. It's a bit vaguer and a bit obscure than that. Like yeah. like. We'll get, let's get to, no, no, we'll get okay, to the point where we describe like, it. So like, this is obviously a film that's driven by her grief, right? And, yeah. and being haunted by this, this incident that happens at the beginning. It's a bit like the Babadook. You ever seen the Babadook? Yes. Right. It's so terrifying. She, yeah, so she's haunted by the parts. And like by the end of the Babadook, you do get this idea that like, okay, yes, on the one hand, you've had this scary thing, but you also know that it's her and her grief and everything yes. like that. You never had that kind of moment of clarity. I don't think with, with this, the ending of, of Men... Uh, I mean, Do you know what I mean? I was like, it's well, indescribable. Uh, 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 you have the first half, which is just setting up this this tension with with the, this, this, these encounters in the village. And, and what, what I just want to say is, there's no jump scares in this film no, at all. Which not I a love. single one. It has complete confidence in its ability to scare you without that. You know, what was one of the best shots is when she walks home from the pub and she walks past the the church with the cemetery, mm. and it's just silhouetted, but the green the the green the man, naked man just yeah. just silhouettes Steps comes out. out of a tree and he's following her, well, and it's oh, similarly you when want she's to scream, but there's no sound for that you know when you talked before about um the great movie openings and you talked about scream and being in the yes. house with all the windows oh yeah there's a I great totally scene where she's, she's had this encounter with the naked man she thinks he's gone she's typing on her laptop in this sort of not conservatory but like but you know glass windowed area and he just appears in the glass yeah. behind just walks in just very calmly, completely naked has, by the way and he's looking at her and he sort of like walks in behind her and then walks around. but she has no idea that he's no. there and it's so Oh, there's so that great settling. moment with the front door. She realizes it's not locked oh, or not shut, oh, and yeah. she didn't shut it when she walked in. And yeah. oh, brilliant! I mean, obviously, all the horror tropes are there: creepy old country house, that mm. kind of thing. And then after about halfway through, you oh, sorry, one more thing as well. She, she after she first sees the naked man in the woods, you know that kind of like um, um, creeping uh, shot that you get in horror films. It's kind of played on where she has the she has her phone and she's looking at a picture that she took, and he's mm. in the very far distance, and she like zooms in. Zooms in, zooms in on him, and it's like that kind of shot, but done through an yes. iPhone. It's yeah, kind of yeah. meta cinematic thing. Also, the first scare you actually get in it is a really kind of unsettling moment where she's talking to her friend on FaceTime and the signal breaks. And as it it doesn't just like cut out, <gasps> it, it, it's like this screaming man. It's it's him, it's face, the, yeah. Yeah, behind it. And and she's I like just, the way they used the iPhone in this film. Because well it's done. modern. Yeah. And obviously, like a scared person in the country would kind of be on FaceTime with yeah. their best friend all the time. Yeah. And she would be trying to make calls. And you know, at the time she did call the police. Yes, and it and, did work. And, the police and it did work. And it was interesting how the, the male policeman was Rory Kinnear, mm. but then the female policeman had a very different approach yeah. to speaking to her. And it wasn't Rory Kinnear for that yeah. for that obvious reason. But yeah. um Anyway, then uh, uh, the second half, it really kind of becomes like this home invasion thriller mm. where she's like defending herself from being beset upon by all these men. You've got these flashing lights, got these dropping apples, just people disappearing crow, into the shadows. Like flapping in the kitchen. Very, very effective invasive stuff. And then the last third of it is this just bizarre, the like orgy really. of um, 
death and birth and renewal in which Rory Kinnear's character is completely naked and gives... Uh, sorry, you, just before, you should say that uh, part of the, the distinctive characteristic that ties the men in this film to her husband is the injuries that she causes oh, him okay. to sustain yeah so, which is so what you have this yeah you have this memory that's really violent she finds, she finds the body of her husband after he's fallen to his death in slightly suspicious circumstances actually as well there's a slight gray area for whether it's suicide yes. or not he's got his hand impaled through on an iron cast fence and, yes, and it a, splits his forearm open yeah. to up his hand yeah and also his ankle's broken and there's a moment where the the, the green man is reaching through the letterbox to, to to reach her and she puts a knife through it and he pulls his arm yes, through. the knife is through and the letterbox is almost like up and on, on top and town from stopping his knife and instead of you can't take it out, so he just forces his hand yeah. and the knife through his entire yeah. hand, and obviously, like that character, then has a split. Yeah, hand. has these split, like flappy alien-like hands. Awful. Really, really disturbing. Anyway, sorry. And then after that, um, Roy Kinnear's character appears. This is very towards the end, as the green man, as the first. green man first, and sort of kneels down on the ground and opens his legs, and in incredibly graphic, vivid detail, close-up detail births a child man at first who's the, the same creepy child you've seen from the village where they yeah. use the like you know like the uncanny valley disturbing i found that cg a little bit i thought that was uh, deliberate to make you feel uncomfortable though. Uh, maybe it, okay. it was a bit rubbery but sorry yeah and then, that, births, chi- and then that, that child like screams at her kneels down births a grown man then that man go- and then he, so it keeps on out of his chest and there's a vagina then, that then, comes out yeah and then there's a bit where i mean he's just soaked in blood and like panting and then like births a grown man out of his mouth yeah and honestly i was having to cover my eyes at this point i mean i've seen it's a lot of just, stuff but i was like i've never seen anything just when i thought i'd seen everything like that i've yeah. never seen a man give birth to another man through his mouth i it I, I, and, and like <laughs> you've got these different uh it's sort of giving birth and death to the different incarnations of men in her story and i guess in her life and yeah. i think it's also a reflection on the type of encounters women have with men on a daily basis like and the yeah. different it, there's, there's a lot of things you could read into it but the last the last iteration that is birthed is the bloody soaked uh, uh her, her ex-husband yes and they can't, he kind of comes and i don't remember that well but he basically sits depleted and tired on, on the sofa on yeah. the sofa um what does he say he in says, the end she says, says what do you want james and yeah. he says your love yeah and that's it and then it says and then it's like the end credits and then the, the last thing we see is the friend turning up eventually yes and, and seeing the blood on the floor and, and there's loads of so yeah there's loads of different things there but we got to the end of my flatmate it was like you're gonna have to help me like what was all that about and it was a shame because like i said for a film as pointed as you know you get to end the get out you think that was brilliant thing about yes. race yeah and you get to the babadook you know oh brilliant thing about grief and you go men i think uh hmm it was Hmm. Let's I see. don't think it's meant to be like it's, that's it. I know. I'm not, I'm not saying we need to be spoon-fed a meaning, but I mean, there's this whole thing in it about men possessing women, obviously, and also mm-hmm. but like possession of love and like possession of their feelings. I mean, the, the husband says to her, "If I can't love you, I will kill myself, and then you'll be married to a ghost. You can't divorce a ghost. I, yeah. mean, I will. If you can't love me, I will haunt you." And it's also this thing about like she's broken by divorcing her. She by divorcing him or wanting to divorce him, she's like broken a vow, and um. It's like all these men in the village are out to get her love, get to get her thing, but they're also threatened by her. The vicar says, "Like you're so carnal, you're so, you know, you're so wild." Um, so there's all those bits in it, and the, and the child as well. But uh, then you have a slightly nicer element of of, of Godfrey. It's just I, I, I interpreted that birthing sequence as <laughs> men have issues with 
because we, we know that the husband had a very sort of messed up way in which he chose to like deal with confrontation yeah. with her. She wasn't perfect, but it was also yeah. like his way of reacting to emotional confrontation was flawed. And I think the point of the film is that men have decades and millennia of bad wiring and, and bad expectations and socializations for reason why they, they react in certain ways. Yeah. And that starts with the green man in the most primal form. Men are pursuing of women to the point where it's uncomfortable and they're not able to empathize with who that person is. And that can be related to in a modern complex with like the way in which standing near a woman or following them can make Mm. them feel uncomfortable. And men are like not aware of that Mm. effect. And then birthing through all these different representations and ways in which men are, are, are toxic Mm. and not able to properly function, that manifests in the final modern representation of her husband, where like all of those different Mm. versions have resulted in what we have now as the modern man Mm. who is there to be addressed in that way. And that I think is where it kind of led to it's like, here are all these different primal versions of what, like we have the religious element of what men mean and like the gaslighting and the way which the priest is so judgmental of sexuality, but also like in himself is conflicted and attracted to her. And then it, it just sort of, yeah, we have this modern man now, which is a horrible mixture of everything that's come before it. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, I agree that like all the f- male figures, she sort of has a response, like not responsibility, but like they have some sort of like thing over her. So in the sense yeah. that like Godfrey is the, I think he's Godfrey, he's called it. Yeah, yeah. Godfrey. Uh, owns the, he's the landlord of the rental that she's staying. And, like right? the, so, the so leering she, men at the park yeah, so he, are just one thing. He just possesses, he has like a prop, property element and possession over her. And a class thing even. Yeah, a class yeah. thing. And um the obviously the vicar has a kind of religious element the policeman has a you know an official responsibility yeah. over her yeah I, I there's these nuggets and grains there here's the thing i think what it did has done is gone i want someone like alex garland just said i want to render physically on screen the fear a woman feels when walking home alone at night or, yeah. and is threatened let's manifest that and let's see where we can explore that and i think it's very successful in doing that with that said I want to know what a woman thinks of this film. I want to see what, you know, I want to see, speak to women who have seen this film and what, what, what they take away from it. Horror typically, in a cliche term, is placed to a very male audience. I'd like to mm. know what female horror fans think about it. What, you know, how it engages with their Probably experience. Probably react very differently to Probably, look, it's, ri- and... it's written and directed by a man, but that's not, you know, that isn't necessarily an issue. You know, men can make film about, films um, about women and women can make films about men, but... Is it, is it Jessie Buckley? Yes. Start? She uh, wrote a lot of her own dialogue. Great. From what I heard. Okay. As part of it. And surely in conjunction what I will with, say with uh, as well Gunn. is uh, when we finished it, my flatmate said that is the film that Midsummer wanted to be. And what right. I think is interesting about that, and I kind of agree with him, it's a film that invokes folk, very specific location in a specific time, mm. makes you deeply uncomfortable and has this kind of, you know, the, the symbolism and the craft stuff. But whereas mm. Midsummer just veered off and went completely silly for me, I think this succeeded in just making me so scared and deeply uncomfortable in the moment mm. that you come away thinking, Phew, that was a what ride. Yes, it goes a bit bonkers at the end, but you know what? I was with that. Midsummer, I was like, this is, I'm just not with this. This is just silly. You're not, you're not even scaring me. You're just giving me quite, you give me odd. It lost us. Yeah. So Men, I think is, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 as you said, uh, <laughs> terrific. It's, it's, there's though. a terrific. lot. To, yeah, it's, it, it's brilliant. There's a lot to say about 
that film and its ending, I would love to hear other people. And if, if you're a woman and you're listening, please do, please do mm. write in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and mm. let us know what you thought of it. And if you, even if you haven't listened to it, I uh, haven't watched the film yet and you listen to this conversation, please just go and see it. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I think even though if you had listened to this and we spoiled it for you, I think you could really enjoy it. I think men. that, yeah, nothing quite captures the, the experience bloody good of scare. watching that film yeah yeah as you said no jump scares it's just ideas and imagery which is what terrifies you yeah yeah uh brilliant (laughs) i i I, we know classic thing where you finish the film and you think you you want to keep looking over your shoulder ever walk through a dark abandoned railway tunnel in the country now no like who no thing james i wanted to say mm-hmm. was that we talked when we did our blind spots recently right yes i mentioned bob fossey and i mentioned um cabaret right yes and in talking about cabaret i also mentioned the hand seen sweet charity and hand seen chicago as well yes i've now seen chicago verdict i went and watched it it's nice yeah it's, it's good, good isn't it? it it's it's solid you know what it is how it's, old is that now sorry it's it, it's exactly 20 years old oh right, right. it's right. having its 20th year now. and if i had to be critical of it at all i would say that when watching it i was like it re- I really am aware of how much filming musicals, musical films have advanced since Chicago. I know what right? you mean, sure. Chicago is very stagey. It's very kind of boxed in. And even the way that kind of like the camera moves and stuff, I feel like I've seen more exciting musical numbers in La La Land. It, definitely Spielberg's West Side Story. Right, By the okay. way, about Spielberg's West Side Story, um, did you hear Quentin Tarantino recently? He was on a podcast. No. And he was talking about, he says he doesn't normally talk about new films, but he was like... Um, He's like, I don't normally talk about new films, but I saw Top Gun Maverick and it blew, like, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. He said that and what Spielberg's West Side Story are the two films that he feels are like true cinematic spectacles wow. recently. Those ones you can truly hold up as saying that's cinema, yeah. like, uh, cinematic experience, which I just thought was a fair fun point. Yeah. I've heard you, you say West Side Story. You still need to see that. I know, I've heard you say it. It's definitely one for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Just watch it, enjoy it, turn up loud. Anyway, back mm-hmm. to Chicago. So I was aware that it kind of changed and there was a couple of numbers I thought felt a bit hokey. But I know you and I have spoken about it before and you've kind of said that like... You the think idea is life is a stage life and is it's a stage, meant to be... Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of uh, a part of it and it's, you know, Roxy's, Renee Zellweger's kind of dream her life. It's her sort of, fantasy her of fantasy performing, element. right? It's also a little thing that everyone has done who wants to be on stage. Like you perform to yourself, yes. you imagine yourself with the crowd. You know when she's like interacting with a fake crowd? Yes. I, I've always found that that's where like its charm was... And yes. even like when like John C. Riley is mm. doing cellophane, it cuts to him like in a proscenium arch stage, like yeah. performing. Um, Great performance from John C. Riley. Again, I had no idea just that he like, could sing like that. I'm endlessly wonderful. more versatile than anyone gives him credit for. Um, Good in everything. Dominic West is in it. He is, isn't it? You're the son of a bitch. Yeah. He gets shot. Yeah. Um, I, but, but you know, actually, the whole cast is really strong. Um, Richard Gere, um, it's great. It shouldn't work, but it does. With I Richard like it because he sings. He can sing and he can hold a note, but he doesn't sound like a professional singer. No, That's he's, he's, he's talking. He's like, give him the old yeah. rap, but he's not like singing as much as I was right. there. He sort of. Yeah. Um, Renee's like a great. Catherine Jones, fantastic. I saw a review that was just thighs. <laughs> that was the review. Oh yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones. I think you yeah. know, born to play Velma Kelly. So good. Great music as well. Um, I haven't seen it in ten years, so I'm probably thinking about it quite romantically. Mm-hmm. But I really like it. Mm-hmm. And then just like the when he's like conducting the reporters. And yes. Like, oh, yes the, oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. They both. Oh yes. They both. Yeah. It's 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 fun. I would have liked it 
sort of maybe cared a little bit more about the sort of emotional journey of the I felt like it was very sure. much like and now there's this number and now there's this that's number. what I find about musicals in general is that like before you get connected it's like but we're gonna sing a song yeah, again watch like, West Side Story yeah um, I, should do. Um, <laughs> I think also I also think Richard Gere really is so good at playing that like cocky arrogant lawyer type like I'm better than you and I know it. mm. it's like and like hey I need your help it's like you got five thousand dollars yeah you don't have five, come back to me when you got five thousand. And the way he calls Amos Andy the whole time. Yeah. He only calls Amos Amos when he's in the courtroom when it matters. Yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever, Andy. Oh yeah, hey Amos. Um, yeah, I um, I enjoyed it actually, I, and I would be lying if I didn't say that the the week after that the music was just in my head and I was yeah. walking around my flat going get them the old razzle dazzle. You were just wearing lingerie, being like pop, switch, scissors, so, um, yes, good, and I'm glad I've ticked that off of my blind spots now. Nice. George, should we go through some of the emails that we got this week? Yes. As always, if you wanted to write into the show, you can do by writing into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Just like Olivia did. Olivia wrote in and asked us about Nope. George, do you remember a few weeks ago we went to go yes. see Nope? We did a review. Please check that out if you haven't already. We like came fresh from, from an IMAX screening and we gave our... our our thoughts. Uh, Olivia writes in and says, Hi guys, I've been enjoying Poip. Hi guys, I've been enjoying Pulp Kitchen since I found you on TikTok a while ago. Yay. Thanks for the great content. I wanted to get your take on Jordan Peele's films and, speci and specifically on his most recent release, Nope. Yes. I don't know if either of you have seen it yet. If you have, what did you think? I found it to be underwhelming to say the least. I've seen many cinephiles praising the film, even putting it at the top of their entire film list. Wow. I couldn't disagree more. The film did not know who it was or what it wanted to be. It wasn't scary enough, sci-fi alien-y enough, funny enough, deep enough, or puzzling. Felt like it tried far too hard to be different and interesting overall c minus to me love to hear your thoughts olivia from new hampshire i mean george um i would say that the response from this film has since been fairly split and it's sort of um people are very i think people are either saying they're loving it or they're actually finding a lot of potholes in it and they're yeah. feeling that actually it does feel a little bit mis mismatched i'd say our take was generally that we enjoyed its overall presentation but some of the ideas felt like they didn't all come together how are you feeling about it a well, week yeah. later if you go back and listen to our review which i i, I have done I, I stand by everything i say in yeah that, but because we literally just come out the, the film screening you and i are still kind of tiptoeing around how we feel about it we don't yeah. i think we didn't want to um make too strong a judgment in case we hadn't you know interpreted something yet having had time to digest it now i have to say i am disappointed with nope um i don't think it's a bad film i, I think it functions as we said um uh but here's the thing nope is a jordan peele film jordan peele is famous and, and, and is known for doing things that are slightly scary funny and have intelligent ideas in that okay that's what i want and what i look for in a jordan peele film i don't think that's too restrictive i think you can do um uh loads within those parameters and also like i think this film invites that kind of expectation absolutely yeah but here's the thing with nope it's not scary <coughs> it's not really funny and i don't think there's any interesting <coughs> idea in that i think the most interesting thing in it is the subplot with uh Gord yeah. gordy the chimp which ultimately goes nowhere that could have been its whole own film i would have i would have preferred to have seen that that, that whole side plot force that whole side plot sorry forces you to think way deeper about yes. the main plot and i just don't think it connects it that well and that's where i think the problem lies yeah. in it and then there are a few plot holes about like why certain character decisions were made yeah I, I, why why what's his face was like doing this show for the aliens in the end and like why was oh, he then Stephen Yeard. Stephen and, Yeard, and yeah. also um like um uh, that's not really a spoiler is it no, really? no no and also the role of like the film director I do, and it was enigmatic sorry. but like what what yeah, where to what did point? it yeah i don't i do i still fundamentally don't believe that jordan peele was selling us an idea there like I, get out has an idea 
us has an idea. How, I, we said you know, flawed, but yeah. it has an idea. Give you so much to think about. But and what if? But no, but I'm just like I don't know what it is. I couldn't recommend it to anyone because someone yeah. said, "Oh, I'm thinking about seeing Nope. Shall I see it?" Well, what am I? What, what are you going to get out of it? It won't. You won't find it scary. You won't find it that funny. Uh, you're just going to be a bit confused and a bit like. Oh, okay. I will say it's like it's an entertaining ride, like I towards the end. But what you don't think so? I don't even think I can say it was thrilling because I, I found it a little bit boring at times. I don't think Fine. I ever thought, oh, it's really kicking up now. Because I remember just thinking, okay, but where why? is this going? Even in the third act, I was thinking, okay, and this is building to what? There and are, then it didn't build to. But at the time, you think it's building to something, which yeah, is why it works. But then are, at the end, you're like, oh, I don't there know. are moments that are very striking and interesting. But I, that's that's why I'm ultimately. Well, there you go. As we said, you can check out our more in-depth impressions uh, on the channels. This one is from Sadie. Sadie writes in and says, Hello, I discovered the podcast on TikTok Classic. And I've been making my way through all of your episodes since. I've always been very wary of film podcasts, but I just can't get enough of Pulp Kitchen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was wondering what some of your favorite Pixar films are. I've recently been re-watching all the Pixar films in order of release, and I've loved so many, it is hard to choose favorites. But I would love to hear your thoughts on Luca, if, you have, if you've seen it. Uh, love the podcast and can't wait to listen to more. Yes, I think I did... Watch Luca a few months ago, but no, I never like actually. In the early days of the episode. Early like, days, like, like uh, episode four or something. I like Luca. I've described it as like one of those new, smaller scale, but yes. still really well done Pixar films that have gone like straight to the streaming services. I don't know if yeah. they're just like COVID lockdown hangover. Yeah, I know what you mean. I like like Turning Red as well. Well, Turning Red came out a little bit. In, I think did it come out in cinemas? Yeah. But yeah, Luca's really cute. It's really sweet. It's a beautiful, like food focused in this like beautiful town in Italy about yeah. these two boys who are friends. It kind of has a fox and the hound like feel to it if you like that. Um, I won't. I wouldn't say it's like a central Pixar, but if you catch yourself on a Sunday afternoon, I really enjoy it for that. And you'll be like, oh, Luca's yes. so sweet. I, and they'll I, leave I, you with a tear in your eye. I feel the same way about Turning Red. Maybe not with a tear in my eye, um, but. In terms of favorites, I'm pretty sure we've talked about favorites before. Yeah, we had that whole debate about like, is it Pixar? Or Incredibles is it one, Toy yeah. Story three. Monster Zinc, Finding Nemo, Toy Story, yeah, one, yeah, Toy Story, Toy Story, all the Toy Stories, but uh, yeah, up. up, up, love up, yeah, <laughs> just looks really blank, <laughs> up, yeah, um, it's my, uh, it's my trigger word. Well, yeah. I go and kill everyone now. <laughs> um, this one is from Frederica. It says, hi guys, Frederica here. I wish I could tell you I'm a listener from a faraway land, but I'm currently writing this while sat on the district line. Uh, Boring, hey, I know. That's hey. my line. That's George's district line. line. District line, district line shirt as well. Well, yeah, it's sort of, a, it's more of a teal. tealy. I mean, it, the district <laughs> line's a solid green, James. It is, a dark green. A dark green. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, That's okay that you're not from a faraway land. The district line is a fine place hey, to be. yeah, homegrown. We like it. And I love that someone on the district line just like writing it. I love that. Yeah. Um, as so many others, I found you guys on TikTok Was it a while TikTok? back. Yeah. <laughs> Yay for the algorithm and have binged all episodes since. Uh, loving all the movie reviews. Shout out to Odeon Limitless. My husband and I signed up this year and we haven't looked back. Mm. £14.99 to see as many films as you want. Shock emoji face. Uh, just <laughs> wanted to mention, she's definitely on a phone, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, just wanted to mention it as I don't hear that many people talk about it. Um, this is like common. Yeah, I've seen a few ad, things now. But yes. no, it's not an ad, but the, I feel like the cinemas post-COVID have very aggressively slashed their prices and created these new like quite mm. compelling subscription price brackets mm. for people to like come back to the cinema like i know view is doing six pound 99 seats a week mm. or like even yes. peak times uh, which yeah. is crazy considering where we were before where it was like 17 18 pounds to see a film so you if 40.99 a month you'd have to see like at least three films a month to make it cost effective two or three two or three to make it cost effective. Yeah. i mean that is that is enticing i mean but it it depends what your how close your audience is and what they show, what time Completely. they show it, and and how good they're you know they showing a wide expanse of film. Yeah, you'd have know. to be like near an Odeon to make, for that to make sense. But like, if your thing is to go see a film on a Friday night, 
Yeah. Maybe I, That's pretty good. I think, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Do you work for Odeon? <laughs> um, Frederica also says, on a separate note, you mentioned the offer in this week's episode. I'm currently watching it and think it's fantastic. And not just because Miles Teller is my number one celebrity <laughs> crush. Yes, you did. Uh, definitely <laughs> worth a watch. Paramount pro- pa- Paramount Plus also has Yellowstone, which is another incredible show. Nice. I think it's worth signing up for a couple of months just for those. I've lost count of the number of streaming services I'm paying for, but I'm never bored. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Frederica. Sent from my iPhone. We can tell. Hey, <laughs> um, uh, I ha- well, yeah. The offer, so is this TV show that's Very about the making of The Godfather, which is on Paramount Plus, which has um, uh, Mars Teller in it. Like, I, I, I'm already sold on watching The Offer. Really it's about high a film. Caliber. It's a high prestige t- TV show with good talent in it. Yeah. It's just, I had the dilemma about Paramount Plus. Do I get it? Like, you know, I've it's another, another service. S- maybe I'll try a free, tri- free trial. Um, Yellowstone, I've heard of. It's got Kevin Costner in it, I think. I quite like like latter career Kevin Costner. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Um, Do you ever see The Guardian with Ashton Kutcher? No. That I, like I wouldn't that even film. count as latter career Kevin Costner. No, I no. Think no everything from Man of Steel like onwards. Six film. Yeah, Man of Steel. Uh, Hi guys, Eloise from Swindon here. As I feel most people have, I found you on TikTok a few months back and I've since been working my way through all the episodes. Particularly enjoyed episode 33 with Lucy. Would love to hear some more behind the scenes from film and TV. Yes, uh, in episode 33, we interviewed George's friend, Lucy, who is a writer, producer, and actor. And she most recently took a film to Tribeca Film Festival. And we basically felt like we had this huge gap in our knowledge of what that entails. We just wanted to pick her brain all about it. If that's something that interests you, please go back and listen to that. She was amazing. And also gave some really interesting takes on films mm. like um, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, and yes, we played a bit yeah, of the game. Yeah. So please do, you do go check that out. Um, I'm an avid fan of the fantasy genre, but feel like it's rarely done well, and book to film adaptions often fall short, e.g. Aragon, The Golden Compass, Whoa. The Hobbit, The Last Airbender, uh, uh, the Last Airbender, etc. Even when the source material is fantastic, I would love to hear why you think this is and what your favorite fantasy films are. Um, yeah, I mean, you've named some real stinkers there. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about Aragorn. That film has Jeremy Irons and John Malkovich in it. Wow. And I don't think I've thought of Aragorn since anyone has. that film came out. I never read the books, but I remember yeah. seeing kids in my school like with yeah. their noses deep inside them. Um, the Golden Compass as well, which I know they now have the His Dark Material series. Which yeah, which good. has got a hell of a cast. I was once in a stage play at my school of The Golden Compass. The well, Golden Lights. That, yeah, it was uh, His Dark Materials. Yeah, so that's the name of the whole that's series. The, right? yeah. yeah, and uh, I was like four different parts because wow. I was like in year eight and it was a full school production. I was like, we had puppets for yeah. the for the animals. Fantastic. And I was just like, I was like, like... high show. Yeah. yeah, I was like Dog 4, yeah. um, Villager 6, Svalbardian 9. <laughs> and I had like a couple of lines in there. But yeah, it was my uh, early you. experience. The Last Airbender I've not now. seen, but... Uh, yeah, look at me now. <laughs> look at Mom. The Last Airbender I've not seen, but it's like a famous yeah. uh, stinker. The Hobbit... I acknowledge it for its flaws, especially towards the end, but I'm quite apologetic for it. I think it almost justifies itself in the first film, but it's cozy and can be watched on a hangover, which is why I think it's better than like other much poorer fantasy spin-offs. Like right. I think I made that point when I reviewed Fantastic Beasts. Mm. I was like, Fantastic Beasts is not fun, is not cozy on a yeah. hangover. It has no magic. The Hobbit just about works for me. Um, fantasy is a bit of a letdown in films i don't feel like i'm curious to see how rings of power does mm. but like i just don't really know what to make of it it's yeah. like this 500 million it's like the biggest production ever made yeah. for a tv show i don't know if like giving that many resources and and like power out the gate is always in the best interest of a tv show but it kind of remains to be seen we'll see 
Last one. This one is from Lewis. Hello, you bloody legends. <laughs> this is a very odd question, but what would be your opinions on the film Starship Troopers? I am right. a huge fan of films that are so terrible they are good, which I feel this is one. It feels as if all of the scenes were shot in abandoned Laser Quest arenas with props <laughs> gathered from Toys R Us in the mid 2000s. <laughs> I'm like perfectly picturing yeah. what that is. Excellent means. description. Um, it falls into a category I see as terrestrial insomnia. Right. Films shown late at night on channels like BBC Three that were solely watched by teenagers that can't sleep which is when i initially watched it i um, don't know if that's increased my fondness of it but either way curious to see what others think um right yes starship yeah. troopers so i have seen, have you seen it no i haven't right. but i i, I have I, seen I starship it. troopers i watched it uh, only recently and i watched it because it was having this sort of reappraisal with people like oh you know starship troopers it looks like that really shonky space one but actually much like all of paul verhoeven's work there's a deeper satire in there so like they're like Robocop, Total Recall, and Starship Troopers, you can look at those films and there's, there's a heavy amount of satire in there. And I was like, okay, that's interesting because I thought it does look kind of hokey. And um, when I watched it, James, there is about 5% of it that is interesting satire. That is Neil Patrick Harris is a space Nazi. Oh my God. And okay. there's these like promotional videos that are a comment on American imperialism and the military industrial complex. All okay, right. I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, and then the rest of it is really dumb, uh... We're gonna get those bugs and those roaches, and and I'm waiting when I'm watching it for for the punch, the satirical punch. I'm like, oh no, it's it's trying to have its cake and eat it. It wants to be a dumb, a dumb action space film, and, like, and, cool space and then it just drops in homeopathically some <laughs> some satire throughout again, <laughs> and it's not <laughs> enough. The drops, yeah, it's just not <laughs> enough satire for me, frankly, to claim itself to be like that. Yeah, it makes it a modicum of interest uh, more interestingly. But it's not uh, just, just particularly text. the way you describe this like category of films that are on late, yeah. and I just to put the choice of like whoever's at the network deciding that yeah. I just think is quite is quite good. Um, then he adds this extra note, which is very confusing. He says, "P.S. I was gutted to see James visited my university, Leeds Beckett, and I didn't get a chance to grill him about some extremely boring production questions. Thanks, lads. Keep making content that makes right. my work easier." Lewis from the north. So this is very confusing because. He must follow me on Instagram. Yes, where you posted about it. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I was doing a shoot in at Leeds Beckett University. Yes. I, I didn't go to Leeds Beckett University, but I was working for a day. Yeah. We both were working yeah, there. Yeah, we can say, you, kind of you're, like, yeah, this is kind of like a, a, a snapshot into We, we don't life. work together. We don't work together. But sometimes we do work sometimes together. Sometimes we do work together because uh, James <laughs> is a commissionable video art person. Nepotism. And I, and I, <laughs> and I needed to commission a handy uh, film person and and I did that. And yeah, Leeds Beckett, I could tell you all about the new... Yeah, I mean, Lewis, we were both there. We could tell you all about the uh, the design of the, the Atmos suite, the new cinema. Yeah, we, oh, it's very cool. We, yeah, we went to, in the ground floor, they have, it's like yeah, state-of-the-art new sound system and everything. And they have these two rooms, one of which is a Foley room, which yeah. is, if you've been on YouTube, you've seen what these rooms look like. It is a room where all the walls, the floor, the ceiling are made of these massive diagonal slabs mm. of black foam and you walk in, you're standing on a netting, so you don't even make any sound when you walk. And when you shut the door, you just, it cuts off all sound and yeah. there's no reverb. So when you clap, it's like you're just like hitting it's nothing. Just, it's just, just absorbed in like immediately. And if you stay in there long enough, you just start to hear like your pulse yeah. and every like little saliva movement in your yeah. mouth. And it's really unnerving. And obviously we were having very much fun like yeah. shouting across there. <laughs> and then right next to it is like, I don't know what you call it, but a like reverb a, a reverb room, which is the complete opposite. It's like a squash court yes. or like a, a school basketball gym. Mm. And every sound just gets replayed infinitely. And it's actually really hard to talk because yes. As as everything is reverbing over the time. It's playing back yeah. to you. 
So that was quite fun. That was quite fun. <laughs> I reckon um, I definitely have a video on my phone somewhere of me and you just like dicking about. Maybe I'll put it in there. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, video. maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll insert that. But yeah, uh, I guess you do follow me on Instagram. And I hope you're enjoying just the Leeds, the Leeds School of Arts. Well, there you go. That were all... Though, well, there you go. Those were all the emails that we had this week. As always, thank you so much for writing into the show. We really do appreciate it. If you wanted to uh, write an email and send us something, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. We hope you do. Okay, George, as always, even on this miscellaneous episode, we didn't want to leave you without a game. So we have got together and we have recorded you one. This time we are going to do famous movie quotes. Okay, so I've got a list of famous movie quotes. I'm going to read them out. Some are easier, some are harder. And you have to quick fire tell me which film they belong to. I'm going to do my best to not like do it in the voice because sure. it's really tempting when yeah, you yeah. read it out to do it. So I'm going to try and be neutral. But if I spill into a voice, um, that's okay. only for your benefit. Ready? Okay, George. Tell me these films based on their famous movie quotes. Okay. Ready? Quick fire. May the force be with you. Um, Star Wars. There's no place like home. Um, um, uh, Wizard of Oz. I'm the king of the world. Uh, Titanic. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Uh, Make uh, your lives extraordinary. Dead Poets Society. Elementary, my dear Watson. Uh, Any Sherlock Holmes property. It's alive. It's alive. Uh, Frankenstein. My mama always said life was Uh, like a box. Always good. I'll be back. Uh, uh, Terminator. (laughs) You're going to need a bigger boat. George. There you go. Here's looking at you, kid. Um, Casablanca. My precious. Um, Lord of the Rings. Houston, we have a problem. Apollo 13. There's no crying in baseball. Um, uh, A league of their own. Yep. Not the Adam Sandler one. No. No. E.T. phone home. Um, uh, E.T. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Uh, a few good men. Life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. Oh. This is an older one. Is it um, Sunset Boulevard? No, it's Auntie Mame, 1958. <sighs> if you build it, he will come. Um, Field of Dreams. That The stuff that dreams are made of. Another old one. Um, it's not um, like the stuff that dreams are made of. That is the Maltese Falcon from 1941. Oh, God, yeah. Um, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Godfather. Just keep swimming. Uh, um, Finding Nemo. You was kind, you was smart, you was important. The help. And last one. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Terminator. Terminator. Two. Yes. <laughs> Always got you there. Uh, well, there you go. That was yes. just another quick fire. That was very quick fire. Thank you. Uh, if you were as fast as George, I'd love to hear if uh, you were in the comments. But um, there you go. That's another episode of Pop Kitchen. Thank you so much for this, uh, for p- staying along for this sort of miscellaneous yeah. uh, mixture of different bits of content. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. It just, again, it was just to show that like we, we talk about loads of different things. Yes. Sometimes they don't always fit within the parameters of an edit. So we wanted to collect them all together um, and present it to you this week. Well, there you go. Don't forget that we post a new episode of Pop Kitchen every single Wednesday. Yes, and uh, we are on Instagram and TikTok as well. Please follow us and please like us and and, 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 and listen to the, the clips and stuff and enjoy them. And also give us a like, subscribe, follow. Um, Stop what you're doing. Hit that subscribe button for more. It, it really it. helps us. We, and we get a, every time we look at it and the subscriber number goes up, we get a little like hit of dopamine. It's really great. Like, Yay! Um, there you go. There See you, you go. next week. See you next week. Yeah.